0: what's up maniacs my name is sky menhart and you're listening to manic state of mind a podcast where you know i talk about my life that's basically it but today is a very special episode because i have a guest with me holly and is your last name morganelli
1: yes it is i don't
0: want to mispronounce it and Not i've been it morganelli it's, morganelli. it's beautiful beautiful <laughs> thank so, you so So we connected over email. Holly emailed me a few months ago and we've been chatting for a while and I wanted to have her on because she has a really unique story and I just really am excited to have a guest and you're my first guest. So how are you doing today?
1: I feel so honored to be your first guest. Um, Yay. Yes, I'm doing really well. Uh, I contacted you shortly after leaving the psych ward and search for some podcasts mentioning these experiences and Bipolar One. And I came across yours, which had been posted recently just before um, I went in, I believe it was in February. And I was there toward the end of February, mid end of February. And I just thought it was so funny and entertaining and but also helpful and informative. And I found other podcasts about bipolar disorder to be either very scientific, which can be good for other reasons, but just people kind of discussing their lives. I found some of them a bit boring. So I think those yeah. is the best. Yeah.
0: Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. I always <laughs> want to make people laugh because I feel like it is such a crazy, wacky, you know, disease or whatever we want to call it. It's such a yes. weird experience. So yes. especially bipolar one, I think it's just the weird it's made my life so strange. But I love that. Yes. but um, yeah, I love definitely.
1: It too. I mean, we're strange people, and we have eccentricities and we have, you know, extreme, extremely um, appealing traits. and then other moments when, you know, we may not be as charming as we think we are in the moment.
0: Definitely, (laughs) definitely. So let's dive into your story. I just want to hear a little bit about the beginning of your mental health journey. um, Whenever you started to experience things that were maybe not quote unquote normal Mm -hmm. and what that was like for you and, you know, around what age things started happening for you.
1: Okay, I would say that the clear symptoms began to present in a way that, you know, my mother noticed, my father noticed when I was about 14 or so.
0: Mm.
1: However, I was a very intense person. uh, I guess from birth, that was my personality. And I showed some bizarre behaviors as a very young child. It was in question whether or not I was on the spectrum. I <laughs> just had some very intense and serious interests and became a little bit obsessive over things. And so I feel that those could have been potential um, clues that yeah. I may have uh, some sort of chemical imbalance, for example. I. As a toddler would spend hours and hours alone in a dark basement arranging small objects in different <laughs> patterns I don't know if every toddler does that
0: no I love that that's um, so that's so specific and funny yeah uh, things would get
1: things are very specific I yes um, also as a toddler I became obsessed with the fact that there are natural disasters these because we had some kind of like you know set of si- volumes of uh, in some science set about them and I would carry them around very seriously and show pictures to people like this exists in the world you better you better consider the severity of the situation if you are here and the lava is here okay oh that's you know.
0: so but how old were you when that was happening three maybe wow um, wow I was actually,
1: yeah I was actually a very precocious child and so the first time I saw mental health expert or psychologist Um, i was having my iq tested uh, and i was an advanced young child my belief is that i have not progressed intellectually beyond that age oh
0: my gosh (laughs) however funny
1: um, so i do not mean to uh sound obnoxious there is anyway uh research to suggest that weird little children like I was, have a much greater chance of developing manic symptoms as adults.
0: That's really interesting. Yes. Really interesting.
1: Okay. And no one really knows why that is because there are studies that say, you know, bipolar one patients do, uh, do you have a higher rate of creativity, do you score definitely 10, 10 or more points higher on IQ, but the mad genius is just romanticizing something and that's not, there's really not much validity to the idea that everyone with manic depression is, is some sort of genius, you know, wouldn't we all? Oh, like definitely. So? <laughs> yeah, we
0: would. And I think a lot of us do when we're manic.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I mean, I'm just clearly an eccentric genius and nobody gets it, you know? Exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> I, always, I always think I'm going to become famous overnight and that's an issue.
1: <laughs> well, I think... But, um, through the podcast and maybe starting a YouTube you never know
0: (laughs) who knows oh I'm not worried about it but it just makes me laugh now whenever I'm like I I hate to say sober but like (laughs) because I always think of mania like a drug whenever I'm sober I'm like no 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 (laughs) right yeah but yes okay so it, it seems like you had an interesting childhood and That is really fascinating. And I totally, I think it's really hard to identify, Mm -hmm. um, manic depression in children early on, which is why I think a lot of people go, you know, they go into their twenties still not knowing if they have it or not. And it's really hard to diagnose sometimes until you've had that manic episode or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um,
1: but, and particularly for girls, I think, you know, bipolar one yeah. is diagnosed so much later at, as is ADHD, which is very common. It's one of it's the most common comorbidity with yes. bipolar one. And I now, have it too. Yeah. Oh,
0: me too. See, I was just going to ask, do you have that? Cause I do. And yes. I was diagnosed at 18. Yeah. Then
1: we're all placed on speed and I don't know. <laughs>
0: Oh, I know. It's like, what do you do? Because I, I don't necessarily agree with giving kids Adderall, and I probably yeah. wouldn't have benefited from that when I was right. eighteen, even. But there's other, you know. Right now, I take a children's ADHD medication, <laughs> like oh, really? at a very yeah. It's good. It's uh, Intuniv. It's Guanfacine. It's at a really low dose, but I to me, my life has improved since I started taking it. So who knows if it's placebo or whatnot? But yeah, you
1: know. and. For- for me, those are good when you really need them, when you really have something that
0: you need to focus on
1: for hours, then I'll then I'll use it. But I try not to get carried away as it can spark mania. If exactly. You're taking it late and then you're not sleeping. So,
0: yes, that's why I take the children's because it's not a stimulant. But, right. yeah, it, it can be it's scary. Yeah. Um, so do you have any experiences and this is a different question than the ones that I wrote down but it kind of ties in so do you have any experiences in childhood that you remember that were kind of unique that maybe other people weren't experiencing or going through that maybe made you aware that there was something different about you besides what you've already told me I guess yeah I I mean
1: I, I was such an odd odd kid um Yes, one thing, um, and this was taken directly from Lucy in Peanuts with her famous psychiatric practice.
0: Yes. From the
1: little lemonade stand, Psychiatric Help Five cents, Yes,
0: it's iconic. Um,
1: which is probably worth more than my psychiatric advice at this point.
0: <laughs> but anyway,
1: um, I had a psychology practice as a little kid called Face Your Fears. Uh, and I would have people, a.k.a. like, you know, my aunt or whoever happened to be around and thought this was hilarious, come into my office as a patient. And my entire practice was centered around the idea that everyone should be fearless and should uh, be able to face anything and do anything. And I was just a little girl and a yeah. girl, you know, Um, your gender role is such that you withdraw or you know you I mean yeah so, so many ridiculous ways uh women are taught to uh interact with the world but I digress so I had the face your fears practice and thinking back on that I feel that that is a very common trait in bipolar disorder yeah um it's impulsivity combined with sort of an adventurousness and a curiosity and this openness and that is something that is a personality trait and kind of characteristic of someone with bipolar disorder because you have less inhibitions when you're manic but I think even when you're you know when you're not high when you are sober um, you tend to be able to take calculated and controlled risks and to me that correlated to not having much fear uh and not really uh holding myself back that way so i didn't understand how people could hold themselves back due to fear just yeah don't be afraid of anything just go for it you know and i exactly i think that's a bit bipolar or bipolar one particularly um again i have a the 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 jury is out for me on bipolar too, but I think, well,
0: Oh, I have no clue what it, I don't know what it, I, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. I don't even know.
1: <laughs> I don't know. But for us, for us maniacs, um, fearlessness I think is definitely something we can all relate to. So but, perhaps that. Yes.
0: And I think that's such a pot. That's such a cute story. I love that. And I think that is such a bipolar bipolar one trait um, just mm-hmm just having that fearlessness. Cause I really relate to that too in my life. I just, oh, really? from a very young, yeah. Just from a young age, I just stopped caring what other people think. And I was like, you know, I'm just yeah. going to do whatever I want to do. And I just don't give a shit. And yes. that if you develop that trait early on, it is so helpful. So I really enjoy like all the positive aspects that come with bipolar disorder and how, you know, we can use these traits that maybe other people would see oh she's being intense she's being aggressive but it's like no yeah. this can be a really positive thing
1: um absolutely so. that's cool that you had that experience oh too, yeah because I was just sort of you know throwing out some theory some like harebrained theory that I had but it's definitely um a thing as they say
0: but yeah and it can be yeah. so good and I think we can also see that with like celebrities like Kanye West who Absolutely. I think, you know, obviously he's definitely got that trait too, whatever oh, yes. he's going through. Absolutely. But yeah, it's just another example. So that's really I cool. Have-
1: I mean, I I don't want to go into a Kanye conversation, but yeah, yeah, um, he is the perfect example of true uh, manic depressive. So
0: yes, exactly. And even though I like, you know, I have complicated feelings, and we don't have to go into it, like you yes, said, exactly. But right. I think he is still doing a lot of destigmatizing. That like he's out in the front line destigmatizing in like the most real and raw yes. way and I think that is super positive regardless of <laughs> how oh, I, I feel yeah you know what I mean
1: but he doesn't he tends to take the grandiosity to another level because of his celebrity and his yes like, perhaps megalomania so I don't hear him apologizing very
0: often for no some
1: of the things that he's said and done but Anyway, yes, I think he he is trying to destigmatize it, embracing it fully, speaking about it. And I, I really appreciate that about him. Yeah.
0: Yes, exactly. And like you said in your Instagram post that I reposted, um, you know, Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, it's not the same. it's just not the same, but we can talk about that. uh, I want to talk about that a little bit later. Later, I want to get more into your journey at this point. So, so obviously there's a lot of rewarding things about bipolar disorder. And I would like to hear, you know, some of the polarities that you've experienced, because I think, in my life, because I have manic depression, I've experienced so many polarities, like the best of the best and the worst of the worst. So mm-hmm. I'd like to hear maybe some of the, the hardest parts of your journey and then also the most rewarding and the most positive.
1: Okay. I mean, for me, this regret and remorse after, um, you know, irritable manic behavior or just perhaps frightening people a bit with some of my ideas and the intensity of of things that I did not, I was not aware of uh, at the time and just kind of feeling a deep shame when it's over and wondering why I was not able to hold that in, rein that in Keep it to myself, you know? Why is it this constant expression to other people? And um, to me, it's very frustrating to be completely unaware of it while it's happening. And so I have struggled with that and I've had to reconcile that, you know, I have made things more difficult for myself and I have, you know, ruined relationships as a result of. Manic behavior, um, that's been very difficult. I really didn't understand that I was not aware of dysphoric mania. And it's still something that I try to read more about and other people's experiences with it because it's a bit murky. Um, But I think I have experienced quite a bit of dysphoric mania, which is just extremely frustrating and painful. I mean, um, you have this energy and you have this drive, but you're also kind of frustrated and angry and sad, sort of this like undercurrent, you know, um, yeah. beneath what what can be, you know, very euphoric. It, it's It's a different thing. And I recall having a pretty bad, manic episode in my 20s and I was in my room and I had these extreme racing thoughts and a lot of them were bad bad feelings were coming out it wasn't again like the euphoric mania and I this is actually funny I grabbed can you hear that
0: yeah it's okay okay
1: Okay. I could just start over
0: you can yeah you can wait a second Uh, and then yeah
1: um okay I was in my twenties, having a issues and experiencing mania. I had been very depressed, and I would get to very depressive lows then. Mm. And they have really uh, kind of not. I mean, I still get depressive, but the lows aren't do not reach anywhere near those lows. At probably yes. because of med- it's probably a result of medication that was correct for me. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: And do you also so, think some of that is age too? Because I used I to get so. severely depressed, and as yeah. I've gotten older, it is like so mild. I'm, and I mean, I'm so thankful for that. My goodness, but
1: a hundred percent. And also, I just discussed this with someone on Instagram that I went to library school with. She hmm. said, "Oh, I had a lot of depression problems, you know, when I when I was in my early twenties, but I can't imagine a lifetime of what you're going through with." Uh, this highs, highs and lows. And I replied, Oh, thank you so much. You're so nice. But doesn't everybody have depression in their early twenties? She was like, yeah, I mean, if you don't like, are you really even living? I mean, and it is, it's sort of like a hormonal thing, a developmental stage, if you will, from late teens to early twenties, definitely that's normal. Mm. And so I think maybe that's amplified. And it is much worse for us manic depressives. And I also have heard bipolar 2 people experience major depression in a more typical way. So I don't have that anymore. However, um, getting back to uh, dysphoric mania, I had this instance that I'll never forget that I laugh about now. I just could not take what was going through my head. It was, you know, like the floodgates had opened and, and, you know, the tsunami hit, it was just rushing water, you know, it was that intense and I could not stop what was happening in there. So I grabbed both sides of my head and screamed and I caught (laughs) myself in the mirror and then it clicked that I looked exactly like the painting, the scream. (laughs) And, And then I was like, that's where it comes from oh my god like oh I that's you know that was depicting this dysphoric mania and psychosis and you can't stop these things that are going through your head that are you know yelling at you so um that was a low just experiencing that um is pretty terrible uh experiencing um actively participating and creating i would say your your own demise is a difficult Uh, thing
0: (laughs) that's what i want to know is self-destruction do you think that is a bipolar trait because i Uh, have had that like yes yes and i think specifically with manic depression because i've had that self-destruction for years i was just in that destruction mode and what I don't know
1: how do you define self-destruction how does it manifest
0: for me it was about ruining all of my relationships destroying every single connection and like what I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) yes so you do it was just that was that was it for me and like and I would do it with jobs too because I you know I haven't worked any serious career jobs but I would like storm out of jobs or like you know ruin them or you know call out my boss or you know just stuff like that that's kind of overstepping
1: boundaries but
0: also I I had good reason to be upset with some of my bosses because they were like harassing me and stuff but you know what I mean just taking it across over the line and and you know especially when manic it's just not a good situation so I wonder if that is something to do with bipolar disorder
1: it is it's I have the same experiences and the frustrating thing is you already get frustrated when you're manic and you don't understand why people are not reacting the way that you want them to react like this is urgent what do you mean like why don't you get it you know and then when something like that happens where you do have a valid reason to be upset But then the blame is completely falls on your shoulders because of your disproportionate reaction and inappropriate reaction. That is frustrating also after the fact, because someone did do something wrong or they they didn't do something that was hurtful. And you did have a right to be upset. But our reaction was not in, in a manic state. It was not okay right exactly
0: so So then your feelings don't get validated it's like your experience not validated valid because yeah yeah, because you're manic so it's like that's all that we're going to focus on instead of who did you wrong or what you may be actually upset about
1: oh yeah and the same goes for you know people who uh, are not manic depressive maybe have borderline traits or just anger management issues it is frustrating it's in the same way for people i mean you need to look Past the reaction, and also validates uh, the the reason (laughs) for the person the experience. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. Interesting, yep. interesting. Yes, I definitely think the self-destruction is a part of bipolar disorder, but I think it's a part of a lot of other mental health issues too. Absolutely. Like I think people yeah. with depression and anxiety can do the same thing. I know when I was yeah, depressed, absolutely. I would just isolate from all my friends and not, you know. So it's the it's a lot of the
1: everything is yes. connected. Just want to quickly make it clear that I'm not implying that I have the most intense of the high functioning mental illnesses. I know that very extreme anxiety can just be debilitating, you know? Definitely.
0: Definitely. So, okay. So we talked about some of the hardest parts that have been for you. And I want to touch briefly on the shame and the regret, because that is something So when I'm manic, I am aware that I'm manic and I know, but, but I still have like no control over what I'm doing. So I know, like, I know I'm fucking up, but I can't stop. So it's really terrible. And so I can always remember everything that happened after a manic episode. Is it like that for you? Or do you black out? I know some people black out. Some people remember, like, what's your experience like?
1: Well, I have actually listened to you speak about this on this podcast. Ah. I, like you, I remember more than some people do because I read about that uh, Interesting. other people's manic episodes that they have no idea what they did. I know what I did and I have memory of it. But when I black out is I tend to be a verbose person mm. <laughs> um, anyway. And I don't remember all of the things that I said. I know it, maybe oh. the ma- I have the main idea. Of yeah. why I was angry and, and my reaction, but I do not know what else I said. And there is a person who will never speak to me again from my recent oh. Manic episode. And my friend spoke to him on the phone um a week ago. And, you know, he still isn't explaining. I guess it's too painful and or possibly wow. embarrassing to relay what I said, but I have no memory of it. So. That's
0: yes, I totally understand that actually I have that too with the with speaking cuz I get really really angry at everybody I love unfortunately and then I destroy them with my words and then I can't remember I'm like damn it what did I say I I want to apologize but I don't remember how bad it was. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so awful. But the regret yeah. and the shame, how do you cope with that and what's your advice for somebody who's been through a similar experience?
1: Um Hmm. I mean, there's so many uh, people who are emotionally intelligent in a way that I am not. So I can't pretend that I have solved this. And, and I really know because I still feel that shame and regret and emotional pain often resulting from it all the time, but you need to really focus on the classic, you know, Zen Buddhist, be present and you're, you're moving forward and, and to stop yes. dwelling on these things from the past. I guess that's the only advice that I can give is to try not to dwell on it. And yes. you're torturing yourself. If you're thinking about it every day, you're torturing yourself. If you're, you know, going back to an Instagram post and then looking at the picture and remembering that day and how did everything go downhill from there why did i do this i mean that's just that's masochistic and so i actively prevent myself from doing that now yeah that's Which is really hard. helpful it's hard to do when you're feeling depressive um, it
0: is it is because sometimes you just want to kind of wallow in that and yeah. I totally which, get that but
1: which can be good but after a certain point it can be
0: useful do that yeah yeah exactly but you it is it's impractical to keep doing that like yeah. and I feel like if you want to move forward with healing you do have to let it go and for me because I because you have been recently manic so I totally understand it that those feelings are so fresh and absolutely yeah raw and so I I know where you are right now and I totally feel for you but I think with me, since it's been a couple of years now, I can look back and sort of laugh and, and, you know, and I'm, but, but I think that's the, that's how I cope with it. I just kind of say, you know what, this is just my crazy life. That's just some stupid shit that I did. And I regret it, but I'm not going to sit here and, you know, ruminate on it, like you said. So it is, it is something you have to do every day though.
1: And it is raw and I can say that only in the past week it has lessened a bit, but I have had this heavy kind of emotional pain I've been carrying around Mm. with me and it hurts. Uh, Having said that, I laugh at myself all the time and I immediately, you know, after getting out of the psych ward, I was already laughing at many of the things that I did in there and, you know, just wow, like I am so absurd, you know, Yes, and this is hilarious. <laughs>
0: Ex- yes, that's the that's sometimes the only way you can cope with it is just saying this is the craziest shit that's ever happened. And I can't even do anything about it. So I'm just going to make fun of myself.
1: Yeah, um, I'm ki- I kind of wonder sometimes and this is it's this is totally I, I'm being facetious. Okay, before there was any treatment or medication. Yes, many manic depressives committed suicide. This is just a dark a joke I should probably not give in a podcast poets that I've always admired for example um who all committed suicide and were manic depressive um perhaps they just didn't have a sense of humor about themselves that took themselves too seriously like that thought has crossed my
0: mind yeah I get <laughs> it I get it it's kind of like a survival technique at some times like absolutely Whenever I'm just having the shittiest day, I'm just like, well, this is just a shit show. And I think one of the things that's helped me the most is just leaning into the experience, like just kind of allowing it to happen and embracing it and leaning into it. And I don't know how else to describe that, but
1: right. I mean, it's it, like have it like you said, it's like having a bad day and then on top of everything. You trip over something at home and yeah. like, fall on your face. And then my immediate reaction is just to start laughing. Like, yes, just of, fall of course on the floor. This, of course, this just happened, you know, whatever. Exactly. Uh, and it works. So, yes.
0: Yeah. So, we've talked about the bad stuff. And I would love to do a full episode with you on dysphoric mania at some point okay. um, and just really dive deep into that because I think that would be a lot of fun. And I think people need to understand the difference but that's true. Yeah. Um, what has been like the most rewarding part? What is the best part about manic depression for you? What are you most grateful for about your experience and what has it taught you?
1: Okay. Um, I am grateful for many things about the experience, which is why I take issue with the term disorder and Mm -hmm. not only pertaining to bipolar disorder, but Telling people that they are disordered for life is not, in my opinion, um, a very healthy approach, shall we say? I actually was looking at an article, oh, about bipolar mania. What is the difference between impulsivity and just being adventurous? Every manic depressive, although I'm not sure I'm a believer in the big five personality traits, Mm. the easiest way to describe it is the openness to experience trait and being open yourself yourself and that adventurous spirit and able to put yourself in completely new environments among new people and feel comfortable you know we're not really group joiners we're not we were you know the people who kind of wandered off to pick berries and met another tribe (laughs) or something Um, but anyway I love that I have had extreme impulsive impulsivity uh made many big life decisions um, you know, in an instant. And most of them worked out. And most of them were amazing experiences. I don't regret them at all. When you read these articles that say, oh, well, when people are in mania, they commit crimes, and they just destroy themselves financially, and they go into major credit card debt. And it's like, First of all, credit card debt is a very American issue. Yes. And I've never had any credit card debt, okay? And I may have been a bit manic when I purchased a couple of Chanel bags, but I don't have any major financial damage to speak of whatsoever. And I have been very impulsive and I've had student loans to pay off and yet I decided to go work on a fellowship for an NGO in Zambia and guess what I ended up paying them all off very quickly with another job that I got and so like maybe I just got lucky and everything worked out but my bipolar impulsivity worked to my benefit really enhanced my life in ways that are difficult to describe off the cuff here but you know I've moved around the world and have had the most incredible learning experience not merely moving to another country or being an expat because tons of people do that but i think it's this openness to experience trait and we seek out the new i chase highs i go after things that i've never experienced before i look for people that i have nothing in common with and i want to know everything about them and i want to connect with them and that is a bipolar trait that has served me well and I think made me a better person, and in that sense, I have made a positive impact in people's lives as a result of it and that's um for me it's a, it, I sound intense, of course, but that's an intensely
0: powerful trait. I want to do a superhero show with a superhero called Neurodivergent and oh. she uses she uses the powers of her mind to like help other people and <laughs> I love um, it. Yes. But I don't know why I needed to mention that, but I wanted to let yeah, you know that. That's really um, cool. I'm yeah. in on
1: that. If you want any input.
0: I would I love help. it. You can, you can be one of the characters. It'll be perfect. All right. Cool. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's such a great positive thing. That really is. And I really, I love that because, and I love that take because I haven't heard that one, particularly in alignment with bipolar disorder. And I took the big 5 test and I just I get sick of the like analy- analyzing every detail of my existence with all the personality oh. things and everything, I just can't handle it, they but, turn, but,
1: they turn out different every time for me. So, no, yeah.
0: exactly. I get a different <laughs> answer every single time I take like the Myers-Briggs or whatever it may be. Right. So, so I just don't okay. even trust it at this point, but, yeah. and I don't know, but, um, the openness to experience is definitely a real thing. And it, I do notice that with, cause I've had several friends who have bipolar dis- disorder, whether it's one or two, mm-hmm. um, But with the one in particular with manic depression, I particularly do notice that trait. Definitely. And it is really positive. So I'm really glad. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I totally relate to that because I've always had this desire to get out of my Comfort zone and go be with other cultures, be with other you know. Yeah. Because I live in rural middle of nowhere Virginia, I just want right. to get out, experience life, have different, be around people who don't look like me, you know, stuff like that. So hey, I to totally Miami. understand that. <laughs> I will. I want. To. I just
1: wanted to add one more major positive because it's actually still in progress right now. I I bought a a condo in Miami. I closed in the, the beginning of January. And I made that decision so quickly. I, I knew that it was a great opportunity. There's low inventory. So I immediately went for it. Again, impulsive. It was one of the best impulsive decisions I've ever made. But yes, it, it required a lot of renovations. So I'm, they're still kind of ongoing, as I've told you. But I have gotten obsessed with tiling, laying tile. <laughs> looking at tile and i've always been into tile i've always traveled to locations that have a lot of tile and i, I lived in the gulf and traveled in places in the islamic world with wow. where, you know the patterns come from but anyway, i learned how to lay tile and i got a wet saw and i was cutting marble tile and i worked so hard on it and i worked overnight on it so i often had a light shining on the floor and there I was, you know, with grout on my hands and knees at 430 in the morning, manic out of my mind <laughs> um, and having the most wonderful time. And I have two beautifully tiled floors, one a little bit nicer than the other, which is in the Twin Peaks bathroom. And now I've taken it up a level and I'm designing tile and making my own. So I have to say that's a pretty positive outcome of a manic episode, you know?
0: That is, and it's so creative too. That's what I love. I love yeah. like when when you can incorporate the creativity into the mania, it's so nice. It really is. That's really, really is. fun. And then with your tile, now you're always gonna have this positive thing you can look at that reminds you of this positive experience and, it's, and you did it yourself, which is cool and validating and like, that's just awesome. Yeah.
1: It's really just been... A wonder. It's been a wonderful experience working with thinset, grout, power tools, not being able to get my nails done, um, and, and acting like a complete freak show to boot. But to be honest, the creativity is another huge plus. And yes, art therapy as a calming is very, very beneficial too. And I find that it just flows from the mania because you're feeling creative in mania, and you have all of these ideas and they're still kind of flowing when you're coming down is also just extremely beneficial to recovery. So it's a win-win, as I say in my little podcast intro about my psychosis
0: stories that they're fun
1: for people to hear. And hey, they're fun to tell, like, let's be honest. And I think you agree with that.
0: Oh, 100%. (laughs) And I want to talk about it because nobody like I feel like there's such a gap. Like nobody's telling psych word stories. You want to take this. Okay, cut out, it but- out, girl. Okay. So I I am on the there's this website called Stuff That Works, and it's a it's like a research community. And I am on the bipolar page. And I just see mostly people complaining and like they can't hold down regular jobs, you know, they're yeah. having so many troubles with their relationships, they can't. And I just want to know, so what do you do professionally? How have you created a career for yourself? And then how do you cope with, with your bipolar and, but still be successful? Because, and, and I want to, you know, I work a nine to five, but I financially support myself and I'm able to function and work long hours and succeed despite, you know, what I have. So I want to know how you do that.
1: Well, I think some of my, at this point in my life, there was a long period of time where I did not have much self-confidence and had a lot of self-doubt. But at this point in time, I take pride in the fact that I have been able to cope with, you know, this extreme personality and I've been able to do very well for myself. Like you, I am completely independent and Happy about that. I have also read things online like bipolar one has destroyed my entire life. And like, has it really? Or, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It has not destroyed my life. It, has it destroyed certain things? Yes, but I have no trouble uh, maintaining my professional life with the exception of <laughs> being a bit manic and putting together. An email about a very, very exciting um, climate change uh, indigenous people, like uh, class action lawsuits that I think everyone should know about. it's going to be on the news twenty four seven. It's going to be the biggest news story in the world. Everyone needs to know about it, and this email has to be at least a thousand words, and it has to have links to so many, you know media outlets and it's already hit the press in the UK and here it is in the Guardian and this velocity what a brilliant email I can't wait to send this to hundreds of people at a (laughs) university and I I, I did that (laughs) okay (sighs) and um, that's in the back of my mind
0: so we were so we were talking about careers and everything and I the people I see on the bipolar community forum and that they're struggling do you have any advice that you would want to tell the neurodivergent community and what are some of your coping skills that you use every day to help yourself stay in a good state of mind
1: okay two notes on that one i want to help these people so badly myself because yeah. I have been able to kind of see the bigger picture and keep that bigger picture in mind, which I think can be a trait of bipolar disorder. I've discussed mm. that with a couple of people, but keeping in mind that it can, certain things are okay and you can move beyond them and it's not part of the larger picture in terms of, of goals or um, in terms of things that can create a general sense of, of well being. And end this like torture that people seem to be going through. I think I would love to talk to you more another time about how to help others who seem to be struggling. I have scoured Reddit and I've seen people who they they're not they're not functioning very well in their lives. Yes. And yes. I would like to join the group you're part of. I, I was not aware of that. And I am connected to someone in another country who. Saw my very public Instagram post about going to the psych board, which I don't regret. Self-awareness is the big one that comes to mind. Yes.
0: I think that was definitely the first step for me into taking control of my life was just creating that self-awareness for myself.
1: And when you can be open about it, it's also communication. When you are open enough and confident enough to say, I struggle um, I was born with this condition. And when I was so intense, and you know, perhaps I I scared you a little bit or it was a little off-putting, I want you to know that I was experiencing mania, and that's not really who I am. And, you know, this won't happen again for a long time. So please, because you have to not only be self-aware, but you have to be confident enough and forthright enough to communicate. With people, with people that you have, you have this illness. You have manic depression. So I think that's difficult for people too. I think it's different personality types and and different uh, perspectives on relating to other people socially in the world. And I think that that could be a factor. Just finding it very difficult to communicate that, and so kind of just shrinking away um, in fear and humiliation rather than what I do, which is kind of. The opposite approach which works
0: definitely definitely need to and yeah. I, I was I was always trying to tell people about it like from the beginning even when I wasn't really ready to I was trying to share so yeah and and I knew it made people uncomfortable but I don't really care and at this point I'm so open about it that I don't I no longer understand why people are not open about right. it and so when I read the comments online, I'm just like, why are you even hiding it? Like, people are like, I don't know how to tell my boyfriend. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, pull out your pill bottle, show them your dough. you know, I'm just too, I'm so open that I don't understand people who aren't, but I understand how it is. It can be uncomfortable. Um, and it's,
1: well, it's the stigma, right? I mean, I think, yeah, I, ha- I think that you and I have personality traits in common that go beyond, extend beyond bipolar disorder. <laughs> Yeah, and um, but then some of them are are linked to it, of course. But I think the idea of the classic maniac, and then you Google it, and it says commit crimes. We are definitely going to cheat on anyone that we might be romantically involved with. And hey, this is what one Google of bipolar one disorder brings oh, immediately. And so yeah. you don't necessarily want to tell someone you're dating about it because they will probably think twice about continuing um, that situation. And so I do understand that. That doesn't hold me back for some, for some reason. No.
0: Yeah, me yeah. either. Because I think I'm an individual person. So you shouldn't judge you know me based off of something you read online. You should judge me based off of our experience together. So one last thing I wanted to talk about is your thoughts on, and we talked, you posted about this briefly on Instagram and I reposted your thoughts on bipolar one versus bipolar two. And I know we could do a whole episode about it, which we can in the future. Sure. Um, But Um, I want to clarify for the people listening who might not know the difference, who might kind of lump them together or not know what manic depression is. I just want to kind of explain and so people can understand so I want to clarify for the people listening because on my podcast I mostly talk about my experience with manic depression which I which is bipolar one and I have started calling it manic depression because I don't think bipolar is an accurate title I also think and there's two types there's type one and type two I also think the word bipolar is overused. I hear people calling the weather bipolar, you know, I just don't yeah. think it it has much meaning or or it has no. too many meanings maybe. Um so I'm wondering what is what do you think or what is the difference between bipolar 1 and bipolar 2 and how what are your thoughts on, you know, the verbiage around it?
1: <laughs> um I have a lot of thoughts. I want to start off by saying that Bipolar one women are often initially misdiagnosed with bipolar two disorder or major depression to the point that I think, and hypomania is real. We both know what hypomania is. Most of my friends, somewhat intense, expressive people themselves, right? And did they experience hypomania when they were able, able to hyperfocus on a project? I mean, hypomania is also a difficult thing to define. And I do not want to step on the toes of professionals who have spent years and years studying this for me, uh, mania and experiencing psychosis and just going all out to zero to a hundred, you know, Yeah. Um, don't know what's going on. That is the defining feature of manic depression. Like to me, and, yeah. and the, as we said, the dysphoric mania, which I'll talk about another time. I mean, that. To me, is manic depression, and so the fact that bipolar two lacks that is kind of a big deal. I don't know. Yeah, throwing that out there. Yeah,
0: definitely, I agree. Thank you so much for being on, Holly. I had such a great time talking to you. And Holly has actually started her own podcast called Manic in Miami, which is, such a good I love, like, I just, and, and if you don't, if you don't get a fun little theme song, you've got to get a little, you've got to get a little jingle for the intro. Like that'll, it'll be so good. Um, oh but gosh. she started her own podcast. So this episode is actually going to air on her podcast as well as mine. So it's going to be mm-hmm. like a collab. Yeah. So go follow Holly on Instagram at the Holly spiritualized. Sorry, I didn't say that right. The Holly <laughs> spiritualized and An check out her podcast, Mannequin Miami. I will link her. Po- well, should I link your podcast email in the show notes or? Yeah, go ahead brand new. It's brand spanking new. So if you have any questions for Holly, you can email her at, manicinmiami at gmail.com. I will leave that linked in the description. And thank you so much for listening. We're, I'm definitely going to have you on again. And I think we can and do some collabs in the future.
1: Absolutely. And I will definitely have you on mine. And I wanted to say thank you so much for having me. And you have helped me immensely. With Ugh. your with your podcast, when I initially heard the Don't Go to the sideboard podcast, <laughs> the other episodes, and then just having me on, I, th- I think that you are really a catalyst for my recovery from everything. And I really, really appreciate you. And I appreciate oh everyone God. who's listening, who has yes. identified with anything that we've said, but I think that you're a great person and and we really need to get our voices out there and let people know that we are not people to fear and run away from so that is my definitely last statement and i will shut up
0: <laughs> well i love it thank you so much for being on holly and i really thank appreciate you. it i i love i just love your energy i love talking to you i'm excited to talk with you again and Same. i i hope you have a good rest of the day
1: thank you you too talk to you soon bye all bye. right bye Bye-bye. <laughs>